Before we start today's podcast, the Truth About Aging wish to acknowledge that this episode has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. We pay our deepest respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to the living Ghana people today. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Truth About Aging podcast. Now excitingly today, friends, Today's episode marks exactly one year since I released the first episode of The Truth About Aging. And what a crazy, exciting, wild ride it has been. I have learned so much along the way and have thoroughly enjoyed connecting with you all. It really, this podcast started as a space for me to, I guess, firstly challenge myself and put myself out there, but to share a lot of the knowledge that I've learned over the past 10 years and put that into a format that enables me to share it with others. Because I think the whole premise of this podcast from the very start has been the more we know about aging, the more we know about what to expect, what services are available, how to navigate those services, what aging looks like, what it feels like, sharing stories, the less scary the whole thing can be and the more empowered you can be throughout that process. The people that I see age the most successfully, I guess in in the way that they deem as successful and that they're happy with, are those who have knowledge and support around them. They're ones that know how to navigate systems, what services they can access and when, and use those to the best of their ability to enable them to live independently for as long as possible. So this is been an absolute pleasure to put together and produce every week. I also want to say a massive thank you for anybody that tunes in because the podcast wouldn't be a podcast without any listeners. And I would have stopped a long time ago if there wasn't anybody listening. And it's just been so beautiful to connect with some of you along the way. I have been pleasantly surprised by some of the people that have reached out and said that they've listened, that they've learned things, that they've been able to implement some of it. I had a beautiful uh, old colleague the other day reach out who's now changed profession to be working in aged care because of this. And just each of those stories just reminds me that this is, it's, it's the why. It's why I do this podcast. And I'm so grateful to have you, each of you along this journey with me. Now, as part of celebrating this one year of the truth about aging, I'm giving myself a bit of a break, (laughs) taking a little bit of a mid-year break from recording, editing, producing the podcast. I will be coming back in August, but taking the month of July off just to do a bit of planning, review what's been working well, get together some more exciting episodes for you. I already have some banked up that I've recorded with some pretty incredible guests that I'm very excited to release, but 
just needed to take a little bit of a mid-year break for myself as well. Now, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about our beautiful LGBTI community because it's Pride Month and I didn't want to go through all of June without having at least a a taste or talk through some of the issues and I guess resources supporting the LGBTI community. Now, I do want to flag at the start, I feel that these topics are best covered when there's somebody from that community able to speak on behalf of their own experience. It doesn't matter what group of people you're talking about. It's so important that they have a voice to speak for themselves and their own experiences. And that's not something that I can do. It's not something I'm going to try to do because it's not something I've experienced myself. And I do want to say right at the start that I don't necessarily think this is the best way of sharing this knowledge. However, due to a number of factors, this ended up kind of, I guess, being the only way that I could. And I felt that some awareness raising and talking about the topic and sharing these resources was better than not doing that at all. So I take full responsibility for there not being someone from the LGBTI community here to speak about their experience and share that with you all. However, I will do my best to shine some light on this topic and link to those resources and really, really hope in future that I can connect someone through this podcast as well, that we can get on to share their experience and really shine a much more in-depth and personal light on what it means to be an LGBTI elder. So to start with, I wanted to, I guess, go back a step and break down what LGBTI actually means. So LGBTI is an acronym that refers to a group of people with diverse sexual orientation, sex, or gender identity. So the acronym stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex people. So it's important to note that it is sometimes referred to as LGBT, LGBTIQ, LGBTIQ+. Throughout this, I'm going to use LGBTI, and please, if that's um, not deemed the most appropriate version, please, please, please provide me with that feedback as well. Um, I'm basing this off the LGBTI aging strategy that was developed in 20, well, it was through 2012 to 2017. And most of the resources that I'm familiar with and that I've been using use the acronym LGBTI. So breaking down that acronym further. So lesbian refers to a woman whose primary emotional and sexual attraction is towards other women. Gay is a person whose primary emotional and sexual attraction is towards people of the same gender. This term is commonly applied to men, although some women use this term as well. Bisexual is a person who is sexually and emotionally attracted to men and women. Transgender, or sometimes referred to as trans, is an umbrella term that encapsulates all people who do not fit the understanding of male and female gender roles. So transgender is an adjective to describe a diverse group of individuals who cross or transcend culturally defined categories of gender. So the gender identity of transgender people differs to varying degrees from the sex that they were assigned at birth. Transgender does not imply any specific form of sexual attraction. So someone that identifies as trans may also identify as heterosexual, gay, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, It includes all gender non-conforming people, including transsexuals, cross-dressers, drag performers, and genderqueer people. 
intersex is the presence of intermediate or atypical combinations of physical features that are usually seen to distinguish male from female. So this may include variations in chromosomes, hormones, reproductive organs, genitals, or other bodily features. Many people dislike the term condition because it's quite um, pathologizing and prefer to see intersex differences as naturally occurring human variations. So the term disorders of sexual development or DSD is generally not favored, nor is the term hermaphrodite, which has sometimes been used inappropriately to describe intersex people. So that, I guess, gives a bit of context to what I'm referring to when I talk about LGBTI folk throughout today's episode. So Australia is actually the first and, as far as I'm aware, only country to have a specific LGBTI ageing strategy. So this was developed from 2012 to 2017 and really sought to review how aged care services were being accessed by the LGBTI community and how that could be improved. It acknowledged that there's been decades of inequitable treatment for LGBTI people that many LGBTI people have suffered stigma, family rejection, and social isolation, and that many LGBTI people have had a life experience of fear of rejection and persecution, coupled with the impact of potential or actual discrimination. So this was designed not only to raise awareness of the issues, but also to, as they say, in a very concrete way, improve the aging and aged care experience of LGBTI people by recognizing and valuing the diversity of this group. So there were six key strategic goals and actions that came out of this. Number one, LGBTI people will experience equitable access to appropriate aging and aged care services. Two, the aged care and LGBTI sectors will be supported and resourced to proactively address the needs of older LGBTI people. Three, aging and aged care services will be supported to deliver LGBTI inclusive services. Number four, LGBTI-inclusive ageing and aged care services will be delivered by a skilled and competent paid and volunteering workforce. Number five, LGBTI communities, including older LGBTI people, will be actively engaged in the planning, delivery and evaluation of ageing and aged care policies, programs and services. And number six, LGBTI people, their families and carers will be a priority for ageing and aged care research. Now, if you are interested in this paper, you can access it. If you just Google LGBTI aging strategy, you can find that online. There really is a lot of interesting information throughout that. And I guess it's interesting to look at where things have probably improved in that time and where we've still got a bit of a way to go. Now, one of the things that the LGBTI community will often face when looking into the aged care sector, as does anyone really, is navigating through different service providers. So this could be through means such as uh, the Commonwealth Home Support Program. You might have a home care package. You might be looking for a residential aged care facility to move into. And it can be quite overwhelming to know where to start and particularly for the LGBTI community to know Where's a safe space? Where's somewhere that have staff that are knowledgeable, that are well-resourced, organizations that have embedded policies of inclusive practice, where they have staff that are employed that identify as LGBTI? There's so many questions that might come up for people around this time and knowing who they can engage with. And it's often been, I guess, a, a barrier for people accessing aged care services as well. 
So one of the things I did want to run through today is the rainbow tick. This is something, it's, I guess, an accreditation standard that organizations can go through to be provided with a rainbow tick, which I guess shows that they are a safe space for the LGBTI community. So the six standards that they gauge organizations on, and I won't go into too much detail in this, but really it's around organizational capability. So they have to demonstrate they have embedded LGBTI inclusive practices across all their systems. Workforce development, so all their staff and volunteers understand the responsibilities of LGBTI consumers and are trained to deliver inclusive services. Consumer participation, so LGBTI consumers are consulted with and participate in the planning and development and review of their services. A welcoming and accessible organization, so LGBTI consumers can easily and confidently access services. Disclosure and documentation, so ensuring that staff, volunteers, and consumers feel safe providing personal information because they know their information will be treated respectfully. And lastly, culturally safe and acceptable services, so that their services and programs identify, assess, and manage the risks to ensure cultural safety of its LGBTI consumers. So organizations with a rainbow tick may, I guess, give you a a quick glance or a quick understanding that that organization has a focus on providing safe care for the LGBTI community. This can also be filtered through the My Age Care website. So when you use their service finder, this is, I guess, particularly in relation to home care packages or the Commonwealth Home Support Program, when you use their service finder, there's a section on there um, that's called special needs group. So this includes um, veterans, care leaver, homeless or at risk of becoming homeless. There's also a section on there for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and intersex people. So this will then link you with service providers who have specific LGBTI training and can provide inclusive services. Now, another one of the really helpful resources available is produced by 10 Questions. Now, 10 Questions is a series of different leaflets that are written by nurses, doctors, and experts with experience in aged care. So these are actually broadly, they have a number of different topics. So it might be around your cultural needs in residential aged care. It might be for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in aged care. And there is a specific one for the LGBTI community in residential aged care. So this runs you through 10 questions that might be helpful to ask any residential aged care provider that you are going to be engaging with. This is specifically written in the context of, I guess, a residential aged care facility. However, it can absolutely be applied across home care and other programs as well. I'm not going to go into great detail with it. If you do want more info, I would head to it's 10 questions. So the number, so 10questions.org.au. And you can find the link for it on there. But essentially, the 10 questions they suggest asking a residential aged care facility or aged care provider is number one, is there an LGBTI inclusion or diversity policy that addresses each of LGBT and I? Number two, is there an inclusive policy around employing staff who are LGBTI? Number three, is there a code of conduct for staff and residents that states discrimination and harassment of LGBTI elders or their families and friends will not be tolerated? Number four, are LGBTI events like Ida Hobbit, Mardi Gras, Midsummer, World AIDS Day, Intersex Awareness Day or other LGBTI events celebrated? 
For the record, Idahoba is International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia. Number five, have staff received LGBTI inclusivity training and or is there ongoing training regarding the experiences and needs of LGBTI people? Number six, are there any LGBTI people accessing the facility or family members or children who are LGBTI that I can talk to? Number seven, if I am trans or gender diverse, is there a policy on supporting me in maintaining my affirmed gender or identity? Number eight, is there a policy on supporting my relationship with my partner and family of choice? Number nine, if I'm intersex, is there a policy around maintaining my privacy and confidentiality? And do staff have an understanding of how to provide care that is respectful of my bodily autonomy? And number 10, do you have a brochure or other information from LGBTI services available? So obviously there might be other questions that you have specific to your own requirements or your own queries, but these, I guess, are broad questions to consider that might be helpful to just give you an indication around, are organizations well-equipped to deliver LGBTI culturally appropriate services, or are they maybe saying they are, but don't actually have the things in place to back it? Now, the last one that I wanted to mention, and I am aware that a lot of this episode has been throwing other resources and links at you, but I just find it can be helpful to have one place to find all of that information and know where to go to look further. But through lgbtiqhealth.org.au, they have a number of lists of services and supports available for LGBTI elders. So I just wanted to run through some of the key ones of those that are based at a national level rather than breaking through the individual state-based ones. But so visitor schemes nationally, there's the LGBTI community visitor scheme, as well as state and territory based ones as well. There's a number of mentoring and support programs. One of the national ones is called Alice's Garage, which includes a blog for LGBTI elders and a number of projects focusing on LGBTI aging and elders. There's advocacy available through the Older Persons Advocacy Network, so OPAN. So they offer free, independent and confidential services that support older people and their representatives to raise and address issues relating to Commonwealth-funded aged care services. Now, OPAN members are based in every state and territory. They can be a fantastic one to go to if you are having difficulty navigating providers or you're finding you're having some difficulties with finding LGBTI safe services. OPAN would be a great one to go to who can help advocate on your behalf as well. There are support for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander LGBTI people. So Black Rainbow is a national advocacy platform for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander LGBTI people. And there's also um, Black, B-L-A-Q, Aboriginal Corporation, which is committed to empowering Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander LGBTIQ community through innovation, inclusion, understanding and advocacies. Support for intersex people is available through Intersex Human Rights Australia, which is a national body for and by people um, with intersex variations. So they promote human rights, self-determination and bodily autonomy of all intersex people in Australia. And lastly, support for people living with HIV. So nationally, this is run by the National Association for People with HIV Australia which is the peak non-government organization representing community-based groups of people living with HIV across Australia. So again, they provide advocacy, policy, effective representation, health promotion, and outreach on a national level. 
Now, as I said, I know this is just throwing a bunch of different resources and things to you. I find that as an LGBTI ally, often those resources are one of the best ways that I can assist. I've worked with a number of different LGBTI clients in the past, and whilst I can assist with linking them to services, I can't ever fully appreciate the challenges or barriers associated with accessing aged care. So linking them in with services who often have other LGBTI folk that they can connect with and really share their experiences with is often a better way of being able to support. So that's a large part of why I like to have the resources and links available there to connect people with rather than trying to be the expert in all of it myself. I think it's really important that we all educate ourselves as allies as to how we can better support the LGBTI community in accessing aged care services. And I think familiarizing yourself with these resources and knowing what's available out there to learn more ourselves, but also having them readily available to help link people to is really one step in the right direction of making aged care more accessible for all. Alrighty, that is today's episode all wrapped. As I said, I'm taking my own little mid-year leave, mid-year break. So I'll be coming back in your ears in August. I hope you all have a really beautiful July. Stay cozy, stay warm. If you've got any questions, please still feel free to get in touch. I'm still contactable via my website, www.thetruthaboutaging.com.au. There is a contact form on there. I am on the Truth About Aging podcast on Facebook and at the Truth About Aging on Instagram. I hope you all have a really beautiful month and I will speak to you in August. Bye.